Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The information depicted in this podcast is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas, and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting-edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today, I have a friend of mine joining me who is a thriving entrepreneur, author, and speaker. He's the CEO of Self-Hacked, Self-Decode, and Lab Test Analyzer. Joe Cohen, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Joe, I'm sure majority of my listeners will know quite a lot about who you are, but for those of them who don't know anything about yourself, let them know a little bit about your journey and how you became so fascinated into biohacking. Yeah, I mean, I had to overcome a long list of health issues related to brain function, um, sleep, gut function, uh, mental health, just a laundry list of health issues that I had to overcome. And I didn't, I, I, you know, for a certain part of my life, I was actually disabled for three years between the age of like 23 and 26. And um, yeah, so that, that was like a, a big, uh, that was a big thing there where I had to, uh, I, you know, just overcoming that and um, getting into like a peak performance position. By the way, just for the listeners, I'm a little out of breath now because I did a hundred push-ups <laughs> before the podcast. So 
that that's it's cool. I mean, I've I've seen um I've seen your journey, and uh, I really respect what you're doing and what you built. It's very inspiring for me as a also you know young entrepreneur. Um, but so today's conversation will be really centered around um your usage of psychedelics and maybe I guess like experimental compounds to a degree. Um, so. I'd love to start out by like opening this, this, the discussion around um, how or what, what is your criteria for you deciding whether or not to actually experiment with a particular compound or to completely avoid it? That's a good question. I have a bunch of criteria, actually. So number one is I tend to want to see peer-reviewed research. That's a big thing. So a lot of these experimental compounds... Uh, aren't going to meet that criteria because there's no clinical research. So things, yeah, I I guess that excludes a fair bit of compounds that, uh, you know, there's some, like, for example, some SARMs and things like that. There's not really clinical research on most of them. There's no long-term safety research. Whereas a lot of the natural compounds, it's things that you get in your food, things that have been around for many thousands of years, there's some clinical trials on them. Maybe they're not that big. And then a lot of stuff does have a reasonable amount of usage on there. Uh, number two is I need to see a notable, a noticeable impact from the uh, uh, from whatever I'm trying. So if I can't notice it, then generally speaking, it's not going to be in my regimen. When I say uh, noticeable it you know it, it's I'll do a mega dosing experiment and based on that experiment, or I'll take a large dosage of it and see what the acute effects are. And then another thing is, uh, it has to have more than one benefit. So a lot of things might just be good for one thing, but it has to be good for many things. Hmm. Uh, it can't have any harmful side effects. So if it's uh, negative in a certain way, right? If, if it has side effects, then I wouldn't take it. And then it has to also measure against uh, my biomarkers and genetics. So there has to be reasons related to genetics or biomarkers why I'm taking something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you're mentioning with the um, some of the mega dosing experiments, like I've seen some of them you've posted on Instagram so far, like the red yeast, you, uh, red yeast rice. I know you just mentioned the niacinamide or vitamin B three. Um, what have you What have you noticed so far? Like any crazy, you know, surprises with some of the experiments you've ran so far? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've had many many breakthroughs where I've made a a very significant impact on my health. I'd say the most recent one was related to niacin. So I originally didn't want to take a lot of niacin because there was research showing that there was no improvement in cardiovascular health. And uh, there's side effects, of course, right? You get the flushing and there's some negatives. Your homocysteine goes up. It can create insulin resistance. Your blood sugar levels go up. Now, one thing I didn't realize about that was they were giving doses of 3,000 milligrams. And the dose where you start flushing is like 100 milligrams, especially if you take it on an empty stomach. And so I actually, uh, I think 
you know, Sean Wells was probably the inspiration for that, where we were talking on a podcast and he mentioned nice and I said, yeah, but isn't there negative effects from it? And, you know, this, that, and the other, he said, yeah, but I think they were using probably too much. And then I looked it up and it's true. They were using a lot, but so he was, he got, I mean, I heard it many times before as well, but I was always kind of uh, skeptical about trying it. And then what happened was I took like 200 different lab tests and I saw that happens to be that niacin fit very well with the lab tests and my genetics. And I said, okay, I really should try this. And that's when I looked into it more and I said, okay, wait, they're giving 3000 milligrams in these clinical trials. That is nuts. Let me just try to take a hundred milligrams. I took a hundred milligrams. It was at 6 p.m. And then I couldn't go to sleep until 4 a.m. that night. It was, it gave me so much energy. It was nuts. And so that made me think that I've been deficient on nice in my whole life. And another reason why I didn't take it, by the way, was because all the foods I eat have are rich in niacin. It's niacin is found in meats and a lot of animal foods. And so I thought, okay, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a lot of niacin. And then I'm also getting niacin, by the way, in Joe's Mood Daily. Uh, I'm getting it in nutritional yeast. Uh, I get it in like a B complex that I was taking. So when you calculate it all together, I was getting about four to five times the RDA of niacin. And given that there's negative effects to it, I thought uh, I, I don't want to necessarily be taking more of it. And uh, so I, I didn't, I kind of ignored it for a while. And, and there's one other reason was that I was taking NMN as well. And you think that NMN is a form of B3 and therefore you don't need niacin as much, but it turns out the effect is completely different. I, I don't know exactly why that is but it's completely different. When I take NMN, I do not get the same effects as niacin. Like, and, it, and niacin is basically gives me an explosion of energy. At this point, I have to figure out how to tame niacin, which is another uh, puzzle that I have to figure out. Every time you fix something, you, you also take like, sometimes you, you move like two steps forward and one step back. Yeah. Uh, in this case, it was like 10 steps forward and, and one step back because now I got to figure out how I can get a good night's sleep on nice and just because it gives me so much energy. So for the past, since I've been taken, I've only been getting about five hours of sleep a night. Wow. And there's some negatives to that, right? I, I'm not saying that I'm like 100%, right? But it, it's it's five hours of sleep and I'm functioning well the whole day. I'm working out. Normally, if I didn't get seven hours of sleep, I just would have like a very significant decline in my function. With the niacin, it's a very slight decline with only five hours. But again, it's it's something that I think is I want more sleep. It's just I, I can't do it with the niacin. I have to figure out how to maybe take less or, uh, it, you know, it's, it's still early days for that. Do you have um, suspected mechanisms of action? You know, what might be playing a role here? Like, um, and also, have you ever had like hypermanic tendencies in the past? Like, have you ever, because I, I personally, with some of the compounds that I've played with, I mean, they've given me exactly what you're describing, where you're, you don't need much sleep, but you're able to like just push through and you feel great. You're highly productive. Right. Everything's going on there. I think it's a very good mitochondrial enhancer. 
Mm. Just, uh, you know, increases NAD plus and very good mitochondrial enhancer. I don't know, understand exactly why people are ra- raging about NMN if niacin seems to be much stronger. Mm. Hmm. I think maybe because the, the clinical trials didn't work out that well, but I really think that it has to do with the dosage. I think taking, you know, 100 milligrams can go a long way, whereas taking 3,000 milligrams is going to have too many negative effects. Mm. <clears throat> So switching switching gears a little bit, Joe. I mean, obviously, um, today's discussion will be centered around like your usage of like psychedelics in the past, and I know you've experimented quite a lot. Um, I guess like the only one that I've used is ten um, methoxy harmalan, which is something we can talk about sort of later. But let's let's sort of discuss with your how did you first get into psychedelic usage, and do you remember your very first experience? Yeah, of course. I first uh, took it when I was 27, and I took LSD. I took it in a, I, t- I took full dosage. It was like a carton. I didn't really know what I was getting. Somebody gave it to me. It's like here's a carton, and that's probably the worst way to take it. <laughs> I don't advise doing that. I think you should know what you're getting, and you should titrate the dosage well. So when I first took it, it was too much. And I, I think that when you take a large dosage, you, you start to, I mean, I was getting all the visuals. So the walls were moving and it was like really strong. I had the ego death. That could be useful maybe when you have a big transition in your life. You want a kind of like a new beginning, uh, you know, maybe once every five years or 10 years or whatever, right? That was a, that was the last time I did anything like that. But I kind of just wanted to experience that, and and uh, I thought it was interesting. But I kind of took a break from psychedelics just because I was like, okay, this is too strong. I don't really know what's going on, and it was you know it was worth it. But I'm not going to do it again, really. And then I I kind of uh I'd say a year later or two years later I. I've been, I, I started to want to do microdosing, but I didn't really know how to get my hands on, you know, the, the, the LSD and dose it properly and do all kinds of different things. It wasn't uh, until I'd say like I was 29 and I started to do that more. Mm, with- uh, but even then, I feel like uh, I, I didn't really, I was kind of just playing around with it, didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah, I'm curious to know, like, with that first experience that you had with LSD, did you notice any, like, personality changes after that and or behavioral effects that were, like, lingering for many months after usage? I wouldn't say many months. I would say weeks. And what? It was was a very profound experience that lasted, I I noticed, like, maybe a couple weeks. What did that, like, for you, how did that present? It was kind of like I was just more relaxed for a couple of weeks. Like it was, you know, I just felt like more relaxed. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And it was really powerful. Something I noticed was really powerful at reducing inflammation. It is a very potent anti-inflammatory. And actually, I think it's an ergogenic aid. So 
Really, I, I do think so. I don't think anyone uses it for that, but I actually, I, I might be the only person who uses it for that. <laughs> like when I take it, it actually allows me to work out better. So when I, I, now I take it about once a week, generally speaking, it's on a Saturday and I'll switch off what I'm taking depending on uh, either mescaline or LSD. And uh, it, I wouldn't say it's a microdose. It's a, it's, I would call it more of a mini dose where I don't get the full psychedelic effects. So my rule is like this. If you're getting visuals, you took too much. And I don't, I don't get visuals. So I know exactly where that line is. And so I take a dosage sub-visual. Uh, you could say a mini dose of sub-visual dosage and I find that, and I just go about my day. Nobody has any idea that I took LSD, but it, it's, it's a significant amount. Like if it's LSD, it might be 75 micrograms. For mescaline, it might be 300 milligrams. And those are considered a reasonable dosage. They're not uh, something that you're going to fly with, but you know maybe 125 or 150 is something you'll fly with or uh, for, for the LSD and for the mescaline, maybe 500 milligrams, but it's a dose that, that, you know, it has a very significant impact. And I find that, uh, you know, that, that dosage works for me. Like I found that right dosage and that's how much I, I take, uh, I take it about once a week. Yeah. Yeah. So once a week, like 75 micrograms and you'll sort of like rotate between that and mescaline if you're. I prefer mescaline. LSD has some more muscle effects. It's basically it's got, there's some, I wouldn't call it like side effects. Really. They are side effects. They're not like negative per se, but it's kind of, it feels a little heavier, right? Um, meaning like, yeah, it just feels heavier. And just the feeling of it, I would say mescaline is smoother. So I'm a bigger fan of mescaline because, you could take more of it. And like, I would say 300 milligrams is actually equivalent to more than 75 micrograms for LSD, but because it's smoother, I could take more without any kind of, you know, muscle. I I mean, yeah. Or like muscle side effects or anything like that, but the side effects, I wouldn't even call it side effects. It's not something that's like really negative per se, but it does, it, it does like put a load on your body. Whereas I don't find the mescaline has that load. And uh, so, yeah, I, I find um, I'll just, my, my schedule on a Saturday is like I'll wake up. If I'm taking mescaline, first thing I do is I take mescaline uh, because it has a 16-hour influence. Wow. So that means that I can't, I can't go to sleep for 16 hours after that thing. Um, and so people, I think, are making a mistake they go to a ceremony or they go to whatever. These ceremonies are done at night usually, right? Or uh, you go to a party, you take it at night. It's just like, I I don't take that shit at night, right? I I took it recently. I took it at night, not at night. I took it at 3 p.m. And and it was like a smaller dosage. And I was like, ah, I'm going to regret this. I regretted it because... I wasn't able to go to sleep until like 2 a.m. And it just threw off my next day because I, I tend to wake up the same time every day. Uh, so even if 
I get more energy or I go to sleep later, I'm going to wake up the same time the next day. So, it, you know, it, it could throw off uh, my sleeping patterns. Um, but I don't see anybody waking up and just taking psychedelics, which I think is the number one mistake that people make is that they take it at night, whereas I take it first thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Uh, it's funny before you mentioned um, sort of LSD being like a ergogenic aid, particularly before before a workout. That just makes me wonder whether like, you know, you see a new ad pop up, C4's new latest new ingredient, LSD in every workout. Every workout. Right. No, I do think it's mescaline is probably even a better uh, ergogenic aid to be honest. I don't, I'm not sure. Like it could be just in my head, but I think when I'm on it, first of all, there, I, you are under some kind of influence. It's not like you're completely, you're not, you're not sober, right? There's a very strong effect. Let's be clear about that. But it's not like alcohol, alcohol. If I drink alcohol and I play volleyball, my volleyball is going to be worse, right? There's no question about it. I've every week I play volleyball on Saturday on mescaline or LSD <laughs> and people are like, wow, you're, you're playing great. Like they have no idea. And the truth is there is some impairment. I'm not saying because I do, I'm taking a higher dosage, but they have no, like it's just very interesting for the amount that you're impaired. Like it, it, it kind of feels like I'm on a consistent you know, I'm consistently drinking three beers every hour, right? For that, that's kind of the high that you're getting, right? For, so for that kind of high, you'd be completely trashed with alcohol, right? Whereas in this case, I'm performing even better than I would normally. And then I have energy the whole day, like unbelievable amounts of energy. So like I'll go to play volleyball for like four hours um, like this, this is what happened last week. I played volleyball for four hours. Then I started doing squats on, on, with people on the beach. Um, I, I did, let's see how many squats did I do. I did 80 squats. There's a video of this. I was doing 80 squats with this girl. Uh, and I was doing push ups. I was, then I went, you know, I went to the gym. I went to the sauna. I was walking around. I was just active the whole day. And, uh, you know, it was just great. Like that, that's, whereas everything else like marijuana, alcohol, everything else is going to harm your performance uh, or it's going to cause negative effects. Like, you know, MDMA has negative effects, cocaine, uh, you know, MDMA has also some nice positive effects and it could be useful for therapy, but I wouldn't want to, it's not something that you want to take on a regular basis because it has negative effects. And so that's kind of the, for all these drugs, you always have negative effects. And so I stay away from drugs uh, except psychedelics because I don't find that when done the right way, they have these negative effects. And I would say that mushrooms have more effect, negative effects because you're also getting like other things in the mushrooms. You never really know what you're getting in these mushrooms. Whereas the LSD, you know what you're getting pretty much. With, uh, I'd like to yeah open that discussion around, um, first of all, that mescaline that you're describing before, again, a lot of my audience probably won't be familiar with where that's even derived from. 
Um, so do you want to sort of explain that? You said the dose was 300 milligrams, but yeah, do you want to explain the origins of it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's just a cactus. It's San, it's San Pedro. So it's something, it's a natural product, whereas meaning like it's from cactus, but uh, they, you know, they synthesize it now as well. And it is more expensive, so it's not common. It's, it's, you know, it's a reasonable, it's not cheap, but um, I find that, uh, you know, it's, it, I like it better. And we, we, we can find that on, on Amazon. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> Amazon, wherever your local grocery, wherever's convenient. Awesome, awesome. Okay. Um, what about like dr- like drawing the line between um, natural versus synthetic? Have you had that debate with a number of people, like uh, whether or not the compound is natural or synthetic? Like, do you care about that, or it doesn't really matter? I don't really care about that. No, LSD synthetic. Uh, I, I'm not, I, I think when there's a, uh, for a lot of drugs, they really hit a pathway very strongly. And some, you know, that can often cause side effects, but really when it comes to LSD or psilocybin or mescaline, they're all hitting the that 5-HD to a receptor. And I do think there's differences, no question about it, but, you know, I want to hit that 5-HT2A receptor as cleanly as possible. When you're taking mushrooms, you're getting a bunch of other stuff that you have no idea what you're getting. So even you, you have no idea, even if you know what you're getting, like it, it expires in a couple months. <laughs> and so I once bought a bunch of mushrooms that were good the first time. And then like six months or a year later, it, I, I got, it just wasn't the same. Right. So whereas the LSD is like the same five years later, maybe it goes slightly down in terms of the, uh, the effect, uh, just because, you know, some of it could break down, but it's not breaking down to anything toxic, but the national mushrooms, they have, uh, negative stuff to it with the mescaline. I don't, think there's any difference with the the uh synthetic or the natural one theoretically there you know maybe there is but i i i take the synthetic one because that's what is easier to get and um i have i find it's a very good uh a very good effect interesting yeah with um with some of those compounds like for example mescaline like have you looked into ways to like either amplify the effects or other synergistic compounds that stack well with it? Like, have you looked into things like that? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I've taken it with a bunch of my other supplements and I've taken it not with it. I would say that, yes. So I have figured out certain things that it stacks well with. Number one is I find that when you exhaust your nervous system a lot, you need to take more thiamine. And that is something that's going to exhaust your nervous system. It's going to put you into overdrive. And that's fine, right? As, as long as you're doing healthy stuff, it's, it's not a problem. Uh, but you do need extra thiamine. I would say that 
you probably also need more niacin. And sometimes I like, uh, you know, let's say, again, you're, you also don't feel pain on it. So one of the things it does is that it lowers your pain. It, it increases your pain threshold. And so this could theoretically be a negative or it could be a positive, right? But the negative is where, uh, let's say I'm playing volleyball. I, again, I always play volleyball on it because that's what I do on Saturday. So I take it during the peak of my, like, whatever, I'm, I'm in a volleyball game. And one week I fell in the wrong way and I kind of, you know, I kind of had a strain on my neck and it didn't feel like much because I was on the mescaline or it was LSD. I forgot which one. And uh, then when it wore off the next day, I was like, holy shit, I can't move my neck. <laughs> right. Because it's a very potent anti-inflammatory. Uh, and then the way that I helped my neck in the end, I mean, just besides giving it some time was I actually just took some more. It, I, I was in a lot of pain and uh, I was trying a bunch of different stuff. And then I figured, hey, why don't I try some psychedelics? Psychedelics just completely relieve the pain. Unbelievably, right? So very, very potent anti-inflammatory, uh, very good for pain relief. And I find it's anti-addictive as well. So very hard to get addicted to it. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are getting addicted to opioids, right? And... Actually, people use psychedelics to treat addictions like opioid addiction. And I think that instead of using opioids, uh, it makes much more sense to use psychedelics to uh, deal with pain, right? If I had like a, a, a chronic pain issue, I would definitely take psychedelics much more often to relieve it. Well, that's, uh, that's interesting. It sort of makes me wonder whether we can utilize different um Roots of administration, for example, like a topical LSD cream to like soothe pain. Yeah, I don't know if it works topically, <laughs> but uh, I, I yeah, I haven't tried it topically, but I think it unlikely. does. It does get absorbed. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. No, it does get absorbed. That's true. It does get absorbed, but then if it's getting absorbed, that I don't know. Either I don't know if it's going to have a different effect. Yeah. Right it's not something that's going to have a different effect. Hmm. And with the, like some of the other compounds, like I guess, oh, oh yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, sorry. I, I just wanted to finish there. So I think uh, one of the times, so one of the times that I was taking it, I also kind of went too much into overdrive. I got too much sun, worked out too much. And then the next day I felt a little run down. I think, uh, so I, I, I just, was taking uh, colostrum, but niacin would stack really well with that. So I think niacin stacks well with it in the morning, and then at night, thiamine is going to stack well with that. Whenever you take niacin, you also want to take B6, B9, and B12, but because the it, you know it takes away the methyl groups. But I would say that to uh, yeah, so the B vitamins work really well with it. And then also, I think some serotonin at night would work 5-HTP. Um, so I take, what I do is I try to limit my the number of supplements I'm taking when I take that. And so it's pretty much restricted to 
my Joe's Mood Daily formula, which has that 5-HTP and it has some other supplements that improve serotonin function. And so they, uh, so I would say that that's important, like especially towards the evening. And actually that also works. Uh, I tried that with uh, MDMA and that worked really well as well. Uh, I don't take MDMA on in any kind of, you know, just twice in my life. But one time I took it where, you know, it, the effects wear off after six hours. But I found that I was able to extend those effects by another six hours with uh, the Joe's Mood Daily, which I think had to do with serotonin and certain other supplements. I'm not actually sure. I don't want to take MDMA a lot, so I don't, I don't want to do a lot of experiments there. But I was able to extend that those effects through the using uh, that the, the formula Joe's Mood Daily with that has the 5-HTP and some other uh, serotonin increasing supplements. So I think that works very well with uh, the psychedelics. So the B vitamins, nice in the morning, thymine towards the evening, something like 5-HTP and, and serotonin stuff towards the evening. And uh, you also want to make sure that you're taking electrolytes because you're, you're going to be sweating, you're going to be exerting yourself more. So salt, potassium, magnesium, and uh, just, yeah, all other kinds of electrolytes. Yeah, makes sense. And what about as far as like when it comes to, um, have you ever used or experimented with like intravenous ketamine or, or actual nasal ketamine at all? I do nasal ketamine. Uh, not regularly, to be honest. I just, it's, um, I kind of use it as a substitute for alcohol because it has a more similar effect to alcohol. It's, it, it is a downer. Whereas, um, like, let's say if I take psychedelics, I'm just, I'm just like, I want to work out now. I want to be active. I want to get stuff done. It makes me like super motivated, which is very interesting. Right. And I'm not talking about if you're taking like a visual dose, right? I'm talking about a sub-visual dose. I get very motivated. Then I find that when I take ketamine, it kind of like blunts that motivation a little bit, meaning like I'm much more, I'm more relaxed, more sedated. So, it, you know, if I'm in like a kind of chill hangout type of situation, ketamine is going to be better. Whereas if I'm in, you know, a volleyball or where I want to be active, um, the psychedelics are better and, and not mushrooms. So that's, that's a big thing. We could go into that if you want. Uh, there's yeah. two big categories of psychedelics. One is where they hit dopamine and one is where they don't. So the ones that don't hit dopamine are basically like the mushrooms. And those are good if you're going to go into the forest and just like zone out with, you know, a couple of buddies or whatever and look at the trees. Whereas the uh, other ones is good if you want to like, you know, have a whole weekend where you're, you're partying and whatever. But I, again, I, no matter what happens, I don't take it at night. I always take it in the morning. Hmm. With, with the, um, with the psilocybin, for example, can you talk a little bit more about your dosage regimes and, what you've experimented with there? 
Well, they don't really sell pure psilocybin, generally speaking. When I say they, I mean drug dealers or whatever, right? Um, they're 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 selling, or you know, uh, maybe in, in in some clinic doing a clinical trial might have that. But in general, it's it's uh, they're doing mushrooms. And the thing I don't like about mushrooms is that you can't measure it, right? So every mushroom is going to be different. And the problem, my whole psychedelic philosophy is that you have to measure it well. If you're not measuring it, then it's not fitting in with my philosophy, which is like, you know, whatever you do, don't get negative effects from it, right? Like, And so the thing is, is that if you're taking too much, that's 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 really the whole reason why people get why psychedelics have a bad rap because people end up taking too much whether it's in the form of mushrooms uh and it could be too much for themselves also right let's say it could be this it could be the right dosage for a normal person but maybe they're more sensitive and so it's very highly individual as well and i think the biggest problem is that people are not taking a dose that fits where they are at that time or for their biology or, uh, you know, whatever it is. And um, I think you increase your risk there when you're doing these natural products. And so when I was in the Netherlands in the biohacking summit, you know, there's, there were it's legal to sell truffles, but truffles are a natural product. And, you know, I, I was just seeing people were like, either they, they didn't take enough or they took too much. And they're like, oh, I didn't realize how much I was taking. Whereas that never happens to me because I know exactly what I'm taking. So if you can't measure what you're taking, if you don't know exactly what you're getting, if you don't know exactly how it relates to your biology, uh, I think it's not a good thing to do. Yeah. <clears throat> what about looking at some other biological effects? So things, other parameters like appetite suppression, um, maybe some other biofeedback markers like HIV, any other things you've noticed with some of the experiments you've ran? Uh, the psychedelics don't really affect HRV. They are appetite suppressants in 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 a certain way. Uh, you don't really you don't want to eat too heavy meals because they kind of do slow your gastric emptying, and it makes you feel heavy, right? Uh, you also are going to go to the bathroom, right? It, it kind of like stimulates your, in some ways, stimulates your system. In some ways, it it kind of makes you feel a bit heavy. So it's not something you want to eat big meals on, but it does, you don't really need to eat. You'll like, it's something that you could fast on and feel pretty good. Hmm. What, what do you think, Joe, is like the future of, I'd love to see what you think is like the next five, what the next five to 10 years will look like as far as the future of psychedelic therapy. Like, do you, do you think you'll be you know, come into practice more so, or what do you think is going to happen? <clears throat> it's a good question. I think there is a kind of a movement where I noticed that entrepreneurs are much more into psychedelics than they are into other drugs, right? Uh, you know, it's kind of like, there's kind of like this hierarchy of drugs where for the entrepreneurs, you know, psychedelics are probably number one. I know more entrepreneurs that do psychedelics than alcohol, right? Uh, whereas, you know, so it's kind of like psychedelics is probably number one, alcohol is number two, and then maybe have some weed. Uh, 
And then MDMA is a big one too amongst entrepreneurs. But I I find that I, I just think that the priorities are all messed up in, in how people view psychedelics. Like if you, you if you say that you do psychedelics, people think like, whoa, is something wrong with you, right? Well, like you're you're crazy. Like I would never try that. Whereas, you know, there was one situation where there was a party, I hosted a party and I was, there was like a hundred people and I was the only one doing psychedelics and I did in the morning, but it, you know, I was still good. I didn't really, I didn't do anything in the evening and there were multiple people that were getting like serious problems from alcohol. Like they were thrown up. It was, it was a, it was a mess. Uh, one person had to go to the hospital and these people were freaked out about psychedelics and, and, and they're going to the hospital here, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, I've got like tons of energy. I've got no impairment whatsoever. You know, no impairment in my sleep, nothing. Just like, you know, I, I was in great mood, completely sober, completely functioning. And without any of those negative effects. And so I, I think there, there's a uh, unnecessary fear with psychedelics and I think a lot of that has to do with uh, the fact that people overdose on psychedelics and uh, they don't know how to dose it properly. Mm. But, and I, I think some of that kind of comes into edibles with marijuana, right? People can take too much and that's also a problem, right? Uh, but I, you know, between smoking and eating marijuana, eating marijuana is way better. Like I probably would take a little bit of THC. Uh, I don't have, I don't have access to the edibles now. I used to take like, the, there was like these uh, mints that had like one milligram of THC, which I found to be good a while ago it was pre pretty decent. But um, yeah, I mean, but overall, I, I think psychedelics are the way. What about uh, nicotine? Have you had like of, I'm sure you've experimented with nicotine. What's your subjective response like with nicotine? Doesn't work with my genetics. Uh, I find that the only one that works well is the snus. So you, the thing you stick in your lip, the pouch. But yeah, I don't. I don't take that very often, to be honest. I just uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really take it very often. But I think that's the only one that works for me. The other ones don't really. I've tried the pouches. I've tried uh, not pouch like uh, the pouches. Uh, what is that? The pouches that you put in your arm. Oh yeah. The, uh, the sticky pouches or whatever. Mm. I've tried uh, you know, just I've tried. I, I yeah. I actually like really, really like smoking cigarettes. I just don't, you know, I, I used to smoke maybe one cigarette a month or a week or whatever, every two weeks probably for a few years. And I just stopped like just because it was unhealthy, but I actually really like cigarettes. And I find that, um, but yeah, there was some negative effects there to the cigarettes. I would say I tried uh, the vape pens didn't really work for me i tried uh, a spritzer didn't really work i tried gums wasn't a huge fan but probably number two to the snus i say the snus was the best one and number two was the gums hmm. when it comes to when it comes to like productivity i'd love to learn more about like 
what did what did you i guess like utilize the most when you were trying to develop and build such an incredible company and business that you've you know that you've you know spent a lot of time on over the years with like outsourcing tasks delegating um staying on top of your calendar like being highly structured and organized like was there something that you consistently was like or you were are you consistently leveraging to give you an advantage at all i'm a believer that the success of individuals are almost purely based on their biology when i say almost i mean completely <laughs> i really do think so i think some of it is luck but you know the, the luck you're not going to be able to do anything about so then you know why worry about that right nothing to think about there uh, but otherwise, besides the luck part, I really think that it's just based on your biology. Because if you have the right biology, then you're going to be your mind is going to be thinking about all these ways to optimize. I don't believe you can teach people how to be efficient. Like, I think the whole Tim Ferriss approach is completely wrong. Uh, meaning, like, he's teaching people how to be efficient, but every this the world is too complex. Like, you're not going to you're not going to teach a monkey how to do stuff or, or somebody who doesn't have those capabilities. Like I think more than just actually teaching people what it does, like what they do in some ways it could motivate people to, you know, it could inspire people. It could motivate people. It could entertain people. So I think there's some value in, in those senses. Uh, I think also, you know, you can give information sometimes, you know, hey, I use this software or I use this, you know, approach. And, you know, information is always good. But really, I think what it comes down to is not, you know, a lot of it is experience, but also how your biology is working. And that's why all of my, I don't try to think about what are my habits or this, that, or the other. I try to change my biology and then I let the, my biology do the rest. So, I mean, I could go into certain things that I did, but I really think that like for myself, what I try to do is just focus on changing my biology. Right. And there's, I've been changing my biology for the past, uh, you know, like in, in a very, very serious way for the past 12 years, uh, maybe even 15 years or whatever it is. But the point is, is that, I found that, um, you know, as I've been doing that, I found massive variations with doing that. I don't think there's probably anyone in the world that has as much variations in their biology as me, meaning from where they started to where they are now. I would, I don't think there's anybody because I mean, and so I've really went through the whole gamut of, okay, I felt this way. This is what I was able to do. And now I feel this way. And then like, you know, I'm always, you know, any, anytime I have a breakthrough or whatever it is, I get to see how different it is, right? How like even nice and it's changing my brain in, in, in some interesting ways. I, I'm, I can't fully categorize exactly every way, but I'll give you some interesting examples. Uh, you know, number one is, before, like I said, if I didn't get enough sleep, I'd be just a zombie, complete zombie. And I would need to take a nap and whatever. Now I've been 
going on five hours of sleep for the past uh, five nights. And again, I don't think that's good, but it, I'm, I've been functioning at a, a decent level. And, uh, but, you know, there's no hacks that you're going to be like, okay, how do you, and by the way, I think that is important to entrepreneurship as well. Sometimes you, you need to function when you don't have a lot of sleep, right? Uh, that's, that's one thing. Uh, but if you really look at entrepreneurship, you could really break it down into how do you function as a human being, right? And, and that means how motivated are you, right? People who are very successful are very, very task-focused on what they do. They're very focused, right? They're obsessive and they work really hard, right? So anyone who you think is very successful, they work really hard. You don't, I don't think you realize how hard they work, generally speaking. Uh, some people just got lucky and they had the right business at the right time and you know took off. But generally people work really hard. If if they're not, if it's not based on luck, then they tend to work really hard. And again, they're all, you know, they're, it, it means that they have to be motivated to work very hard. It means that their health has to be in a certain place. It means that their brain function has to be in a certain place. So I'm always scanning and looking at how can I optimize my health in a certain way that I will be more successful in the long term. And that also includes like things like, well, if you can avoid cancer, you know, if, if you get, if somebody gets cancer, that can take like years off your productive life, right? You're just very focused on your cancer. Um, if, you know, somebody gets any kind of disease, any kind of health problem. So I think prevention of any kind of health issue is very important. I think, uh, you know, how much energy do you have? How much motivation? How much, how good is your cognitive function? I think uh, the niacin made my cognitive function better in a lot of ways. And again, that's even despite the lack of sleep. So I think the lack of sleep worsened it in certain ways. But uh, overall, I think, the, you know, the niacin had a lot of improvements. But this is just one example. I have, I literally have a bunch of things that I do that have made improvements in various ways. How liable, how stable is your mood, right? So one of the biggest things I think is, as an entrepreneur, if you're not a stable entrepreneur, that will negatively affect how you can run a company. That's probably one of the most important things. And you can't just, you know, try to be more stable. You have to actually be more stable. And so I think that's like, you know, how's your testosterone? How's your, right? Like your confidence, your, uh, like, I, I, you know, your cognitive function, your mood. So, the way I see these things is you have to get your biology right. And then from there, everything works itself out. I don't, I don't really believe in like, what do you do? Like, I literally don't think about that ever. What, what I do, I just basically say like, how do I improve my biology and then let the rest work itself out from there? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that, Joe. Like, I mean, that's definitely one of the reasons why I actually named this podcast boost your biology because it all starts with, you know, your biology, everything else falls into place as long as you're in the right environment and things like that. Um, well, I mean, as long as you're in the right environment, what I'm talking about is that is going to impact your biology. And so that is making sure your biology is good. Right. Um, 
I think, you know, there's certain negative environments that you don't, I mean, just for, you know, like, let's say if you're getting sun, if you're getting right, that's impacting your biology, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. It definitely works both ways. Like in, in that, in that dynamic, it's definitely a dance. Um, but I, I like, I'm sure like over the years you've, you've, you've probably seen like when you had all these health challenges and things like that, it just made work so much more difficult. Whereas like when you fully dialed in your neuro, like neurotransmitters, you mentioned testosterone, things like that, things became easier or effort felt good to a degree. I wouldn't even describe it as that. I would describe it more like it was no other way. It, it was impossible to be any other way mm. in the sense that people, you, you're, you know, once your biology is set in a certain way, it, it, you don't have to try to do anything. It just, it does, right? Like you, your system will tell you what you want to do. Be like, okay, I want to do this, right? So if you have a lot of energy and you're motivated, you're not going to have to say like, how do I, you know, plan my day better? You're just going to start planning your day better, right? You're, you're not going to say like, how do I, you're going to start getting more things done just because you want to, right? Um, I mean, I'll give you an example. I was, I was at this uh, party. And I was, you know, I, I was, I was on psychedelics, right? Uh, I think I also, did I also take nice? Yeah, I also took nice. And yeah, I was taking nice and I was on psychedelics. And I, I was on a whole bunch of other things as well. But, you know, I was just like, it was kind of like a very relaxed kind of party. I was just like, I really do not enjoy this because I want to be working right. Like, I want to be kicking ass right now. And everybody was like too relaxed. They're smoking pot. I was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I was like, I am out of here. I just like came home, started working <laughs> and, you know, just, or doing productive stuff. And um, it's not like, you know, the other way to think about it is, you know, 10 tips to hack your productivity. And, you know, it's like tip number one, you know, think about your long-term goals and how you're going to achieve it. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. Right. Elon Musk doesn't doesn't read about productivity hacks. He just he's like very motivated and he's very smart and he just gets shit done. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lead lead with action. Yeah, less less. Um... Not lead. I mean, you just you're gonna like if your biology is there, you're gonna do it. You're not you're not gonna be able to do anything else. You're not gonna want to do anything else. That's that's how I would describe it. You're not gonna want to be lazy or not work or whatever your 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 system is going to know what it wants to do and it's going to just do it yeah i've definitely found myself in scenarios similar to that where like you're out out at a party for example or just not enjoying being there or the people around you just lowering your energy force or your you're in a different headspace you then just want to like smash out work because you're feeling hyper productive yeah exactly Mm. So I guess, Joe, maybe do you want to let my listeners know um, a little bit more about, I guess, like if they can keep up to date with your, your experiments and your research and, and, and also your, the companies that you, that you um, facilitate, do you want to let them know where they can find you? 
Yeah, so the main thing that I'm doing is self-decode. That's where you get the lab tests, you get content, you get, uh, obviously the main thing is genetics there. So we do genetic predispositions and you could figure out what works for you, what doesn't. So you don't have to, you know, do a lot of, you don't have to do thousands of experiments on yourself like I have. Uh, so it's it's a tool that helps you figure out what you need to do to be healthier, to improve different areas. And uh, so that's kind of like my main thing on Instagram. I'm Mr. Biohacker. And yeah, you could follow me there for, I go through, I, I go through videos on what I'm taking, what my experiments are. And I like to do, I've been, you know, I've been trying to do like more experiments that I do, the better. It is a little like psychologically tough because you want to just take your the stuff that works for you and just like kind of continue with it. But I do find that just in life, I guess if you want, you know, some kind of hack, the way it's not a hack, it's just the way I go about things is I find that the more risks I take, not risks, but the more experiments, I'd say, right? The more experiments I do, the more successful I am, the more things you try, because, and again, it has to be smart experiments, but when it comes to like, let's say trying a supplement, you're not going to want to take a dangerous amount, but if you take a safe amount, you try it out, you do it thoroughly, just one at a time. The benefits of that over a long term can be tremendous because then if you find something that for sure works for you, then that thing has tremendous amount of value. And so like, I, I mean, I, 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 let's say thymine, one of the things that uh, had a tremendous amount of value, how much would I pay to know that thymine was really good for me? How much is that worth in my life? I don't know, probably uh, I would say many hundreds of thousands of dollars over the, the, the lifetime right? Just in terms of how productive I'll be over a lifetime, because now I know this tip where, um, you know, uh, you know, just all the different benefits that it has for me. Now, if everybody would just do well with the same thing, then it would be very simple. Do exactly what I'm doing. And everybody's going to be, uh, you know, doing like performing at, you know, just great, whatever. The problem is that everybody's system works differently. So, you know, people say, oh, follow this diet. It works for everybody. There's no such thing, right? Or follow this supplement. It works for everybody. No such thing. And uh, I mean, we've, you know, we've spoken where you said, I, you know, I love this supplement. Or, and then I'm like, well, I actually didn't, you know, feel that, like I didn't feel any difference from it. And I don't think that, you know, I believe your experience, but I think that we have different experiences because our systems are built differently. And I think that the way to go about that is you need precision information. And I think the base, I use genetics as a base. And I, I really do use it in, in a lot of ways. Uh, either I'll look at specific genes to look at some mechanisms, or I'll look at different topics and see where I'm at risk for. So for example, uh, my risk for atherosclerosis is higher. And that means that I need to focus on that way more because that is one that is the biggest killer in the world. 50% of people die from atherosclerosis, either directly or indirectly. 
And so that's kind of like, you know, there's risk for a whole bunch of different things and there's predispositions and there's recommendations. And, and, and these recommendations are personalized. So I really look at the genetics as the base. And then I've also been like ferociously doing a bunch of lab tests where um, I really gained so much information from looking at my lab tests and looking at it in software because I could see what change and exactly at what date. Like you could see over time how these things are changing, which has been super, super useful. Like, I don't know if you've ever done that, actually. Have you ever, have you plugged in all your lab tests to self-decode? Yeah, I'm actually waiting for the, um, so I sent off the kit and that was but about. But you could plug in your lab test now. Oh, uh, the actual blood test results. Yeah, upload every lab test that you've ever gotten to self-decode. And you're gonna your your mind's gonna be blown in in terms of like you could see how they're shifting over time, which is massive, right? Like you could see because then you'll be like, wait, why was this elevated there? Why was this not elevated there? Um, and you should also look at Mendelian randomization studies to see, and we have a lot of the content there, but. Uh, the Mendelian randomization studies are really good at saying what's causal. And so you can see what lab tests are causal. And there's a lot of interesting information there, but that is the reason why uh, I took the niacin to begin with, because I was plugging in different things from my lab tests. Uh, It's also why I took thymine and uh, really everything that I do is based on genetics, lab tests, and then I verify it with my personal experimentation. And so I I would highly recommend people really like, you know, if you want to know what works for you, you have to look at your personalized data. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think um, combining objective data like that with subjective experience is just getting the best of both worlds there really. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It was, uh, it was a pleasure chatting. I knew it was going to be quite fun. Um, and yeah, I'll make sure to leave all those links in the show notes for those listening in, but, uh, otherwise Joe, I'll uh, speak to you soon, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you everyone for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.